and we call sati, this recollection, and then also sampajanya, an all-round thorough knowing. And these are two qualities that bring us great benefit and that benefit all other qualities as well. So when our minds, um, they have correct view, the stress that we experience will steadily diminish. And we know from our studies at the beginning of our practice that the stress is the first of the Four Noble Truths. Being both um, suffering within the body and also within our hearts as well. And it's something that's very natural for us to experience uh, when we are born, something that comes up. And the truth of the matter is that it arises in dependence upon causes and conditions. The same with our own birth into this world and the bodies that we um, obtain. Some people are born into complete um, bodies. They function very well. And for other people, they are lacking um, some parts. And some people have uh, different complexions for others. And this is due to the karma that we have created in the past. If we look at it on one level, we could see that these bodies are produced by our mothers and fathers. But if we take it on a more subtle level, we see that it's our karma that gives rise to these bodies. So when our minds have a connection or they're tied up with this world, then they will take birth in this world as well. And then when we are born, there's a sense of me and mine that arises. Mothers and fathers have this feeling for their children as well. Um, And this is something that nature produces, this attachment. Um, to their children that they have. And it's what allows us to survive. Um, Because if upon our birth, our mother and father didn't have any attachment towards us, there was no interest, there was no feeling that this is my child. They thought that this baby that had been born, there's no uh, worth to it, then they were just show no interest in it, and they'll abandon it. You see that there's no value there. There's no money that they can make from it, so they just toss it away. Maybe they leave it in a toilet somewhere or throw it away in a rubbish bin. And so that's what happens um, if there's no interest, if there's no love or attachment uh, for their child. they don't uh, want it, then they'll just abandon it and throw it away. But these days, children, um, they have a different view than they once had. They see that it's the duty of their parents to look after them, that their parents gave birth to them, and so it's just their duty 
to raise them and take care of them. Perhaps their parents could equally argue back or say to them that um, if when they were born, they just had no interest in them, um, then they would be dead already. So this is wrong view, viewing our parents in this light. Those who have right view will also have kindness and compassion. And they'll be able to see that uh, this clinging and attachment um, that parents have towards their children uh, actually produces uh, great goodness. It's what allows them to take care of their children, to sacrifice for them so that they're able to grow up. So we should look at this dukkha that's there within both our body and in our minds as well. So when we've gained a body, when this has been born, that is natural for it to undergo deterioration as well. And if we don't uh, have knowledge, then there'll be a lot of suffering that arises when this happens. So it's something that the Buddha said we should contemplate every single day, that this old age and pain is something that's natural for us. It's natural for us to experience this. And if our bodies are still strong, then this teaching won't go in very deep. But oftentimes it's only when we go through physical pain that we see the difficulty and the dukkha within this body clearly. So our teeth, for example, when they deteriorate, there can be a lot of pain that happens. Or our bones as well, they can ache greatly. And some people have autoimmune disorders and that causes them a lot of physical suffering. And it's easy for them to see the pain and the suffering within this body very clearly. More broadly speaking, um, when the cells of the body die and new ones can't keep up with uh, the rate of death, then sickness comes up in the body. So when we look at this in a deep way, we can ask ourselves, is this thing really me? And why, if I don't want to experience this pain, but I still get it, why do I consider this body to be mine? It undergoes sickness, but I don't want it to do so. It gets painful, but I don't want that pain. And it still comes, independent of my wishes. So it shows that this body isn't under our control. It's not something that we're able to order around. And the Buddha taught us to get to know these things, to understand that uh, this body is something that just follows its own nature, and that's simply how it is. The Buddha pointed out the nature of Sankara's conditioned phenomena to us, that these things are conditions, and that both the body and the mind uh, depend upon conditions to give rise to them, physicality and mentality. 
Um, but when our minds are lacking in wisdom, then they'll go and cling and attach to these, claiming ownership over them as being me or mine, and suffering arises as a result. So we need to get to know the Dhamma. And um, in order to do that, we must establish our mindfulness well. And this is the very basis of the practice, to have this mindfulness and also sampajanya, this thorough all-round knowing, and wisdom as well. We may ask ourselves, why, isn't the, why is it that we haven't seen the Dhamma yet? Why hasn't wisdom arisen? And what do I have to do to get that? And we know that when wisdom comes up, then our suffering will diminish. But we must understand that this panya has many different levels to it. There's the wisdom that we gain through listening and reading things, and then contemplating and thinking about what it is that we've heard and read. This is one kind of wisdom. But if we want the deeper level, that which allows us to let go of our attachments, and this initial wisdom, it's not enough. We need something that's higher than that. So we have to train ourselves and um, bring mindfulness into our hearts, make it continuous, and also establish our minds in samadhi. And when we do this, then the practice will uh, f uh, come to fruition in wisdom. In the beginning, we do need to uh, go through this uh, a lot and try to bring up mindfulness throughout the day and try to do this constantly. Maybe we have a meditation word that we are reciting and we do that uh, very frequently and don't become discouraged or disheartened. We have faith in what we're doing, faith in the training of the mind. And this is the duty and the work of practitioners. We also need to find the time for this as well. In one day, we may have three periods that we use to establish our minds in samadhi. And we use that to, to train, maybe for one hour, two hours, three hours a day. And we do need to seek out that time. And this finding of occasions to practice is something that brings us great value and benefit. It's a profound source of merit, and this goodness that comes from cultivating our hearts. So the first kind of merit is that which arises through generosity, and then through keeping our ethical precepts well. And then there's the merit that comes through our meditation practice. There's also the merit we gain through um, helping others, uh, through carrying out our duties well. We can see that in the world um, these days, it's growing more and more hot. The trees have lessened, um, and the amount of industrial activity that is going on has increased. So some people respond to this by 
planting trees, and they do this for the benefit of many people, and so they can bring shade and coolness into the world. And so this is a form of goodness that they're creating, and the heart becomes very, uh, uh, feels very at ease through this goodness. So there was an occasion during the Buddha's lifetime um, when uh, the monks would walk along a route um, every day. And lay people noticed uh, that there was a lot of grass on this path. And as the monks walked along, then their robes would get wet. So a lay person, out of compassion, came along and uh, um, cut the grass. But then it rained and uh, the monks got wet anyway. So they built a small um, hut or a, a sala for the monks to stay in when it rained. So this is all an, a matter of goodness that people create. So it's the merit that comes from helping out and this uh, gives us happiness in our lives. There's also the merit we get from humility as well. And how is being humble a form of merit? When we have this humility towards people who are older than us or who have a lot of goodness, then we're able to follow in their footsteps and um, take their example. So we have this respect for people who are uh, endowed with good qualities and also for summoners, um, those who are devoted to the spiritual practice. We have respect in that determination that they have, that they have set their hearts on doing good things, on dedicating their lives towards goodness. And also for lay people who may come to the monastery and take the eight precepts, even if it's just for one day and one night, and they have a great sincerity to stay in the monastery, to come here and to practice. So we can also give uh, Anumodana uh, rejoice in the goodness of that act. And so these are all ways that we can create goodness. These are all skillful actions. So we have respect for those who um, have more than us, whether it's more in terms of age, or they have more knowledge than we do. And it's possible that children may know more than we do. They may be able to teach us in many ways. There was a time when Numpucha praised a novice for the way that he put on his robes. He said that he wore his robes in a very beautiful manner. And he uh, suggested that the monks go and look at the novice and uh, follow his example in the way that he wore his robes. So I went to him and I asked him to show me how he put on his robes and how he did it so beautifully. So even though he was a novice, um, he still uh, had the skill and this ability that the other monks could learn from. And this was also an instance that displays the wisdom of Lumpucha, and that he was teaching the monks that they could take even a novice as their own teacher. But we need humility to be able to do this. 
There was a disciple of Limpukau who gave an analogy on this. He said that um, initially when we plant rice, when it's just the saplings, uh, they're very hard. But when they uh, grow up and they um, develop a lot of rice grains and uh, they're very full of rice, then those plants will bend over. They'll be more supple and they'll bend over. But the saplings are very hard. So for those people who have a lot of dhamma, they'll be able to bow, they'll be able to be humble. And it shows the goodness that they have in their hearts. There was one time that uh, really impressed me and the image of it has uh, stuck in my mind. Um, the time that Nupucha went to pay respects to his own teacher, Nupuginari. And normally at Wat Nambapong, Nupucha uh, was the abbot and uh, a very highly respected teacher. So he would sit on the high seat and we would all sit on the floor. But when Nupucha went to pay respects to his teacher, he sat on the floor and showed the humility that he had, that he was able to lower himself like that. For all the other monks who accompanied him, we sat on the floor around him. Uh, but really, I felt like I wanted to uh, fall under the ground um, because normally Lumpucha would sit in a high place and we would be sitting lower than him. But at that time, uh, we were all sitting on the same level as, as he did. So there was a lot of joy, rapture that arose in my heart because um, I could see just how much goodness, the good qualities that uh, imbued Lumpucha's heart that he had this great respect for his teacher. There was another occasion that Nupuginari uh, got very ill. And so he asked his, one of his disciples uh, to bring a, a medical slip uh, to write a letter to Limpuchaon. And the disciple said, why do you want this medical slip? Because the, we have a lot of good paper, a new paper that you can use. But he wasn't interested in that. So Lumpucha received this letter um, that was written on the slip, and he contemplated that. And because he had wisdom, uh, he rushed right away to Lumpuginari's monastery and offered uh, any assistance that he could provide him. Because normally, Lumpuginari, he wouldn't write any letters to Lumpucha. And so all it took was for him to just write a small note on a medical slip. And uh, Lumpucha was able to understand the meaning of that. He then uh, asked Lumpuginari to come back and stay at Wat Nambapong with him. But, uh, he didn't want to do that. He wanted to stay in his own monastery that was more quiet. So humility is a source of merit. And we need to humble our hearts towards and into the Dhamma. It's not that we make the Dhamma bow into our hearts, uh, but rather we 
bow our hearts into the Dhamma because the Dhamma is higher and the Dhamma uh, has great goodness. So this practice of meditation, uh, bhavana, brings us a lot of merit and it's a very skillful act. And uh, through this, we are able to perceive the harm and the danger in this body. It's something that deteriorates. It's something that we're not able to control. And it's necessary one day for us to leave this body and everything else in this world behind. So we can ask ourselves, is it really me? And is it really mine? If we think on a deep level, then we'll find out that it's not. If we have wisdom, then our thoughts will be able to lead us to this understanding. But if we aren't able to perceive um, the body and the things of this world in, the, in this way, if we still claim ownership over them, that shows that our minds are lacking in samadhi. So therefore, we need to train ourselves in this to ground our samadhi well, so that wisdom is able to arise. And through the arising of wisdom, light gets born in our hearts, and the darkness within um, starts to fade away. Our minds feel very buoyant and uh, free at that point. Because normally the heart has avijja, this ignorance and craving, covering it up all the time, constantly giving rise to a sense of self. But when we are attached to the self, and when we still, still see things in terms of a self, then we need to bring that self to create goodness and to be a self that is in line with the Dhamma that has kindness and compassion, just like the kindness that parents have towards their children. If they didn't have these uh, feelings towards their children and there's no interest, then it wouldn't take long for their child to die. But these days, children uh, look at their parents and think that their parents owe them, that they're in debt towards them. But this is wrong view. And it shows that the current generation uh, don't have much barami. Therefore, we must train ourselves and practice a lot. For monks, it's our duty to do this, to develop our hearts. That we keep the schedule and the practices of the monastery. We go to the morning and evening chanting. We help out with the communal duties. And we um, are sincere in our efforts, and I rejoice in the sincerity of the monks here. And also in the lay people who are devoted to training their hearts as well. And there are some people who chant Itipiso 108 times and do this, and have done this for many rounds already. And this uh, shows uh, their sincerity. And it forms into a basis for the mind to be able to reach peace. And this is also a great form of merit. So when we cultivate our hearts, then our minds will gain energy, uh, the energy that comes through samadhi. And this is a very important form of power for our minds. 
So I ask for all of you to set your hearts on this practice and may each of you grow in blessings.